Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. It's my pen name that I came up with here at my newsletter, LOL Sober. Happy New Year. Uh, my wife sent me to the grocery store to buy a lengthy list of things on New Year's Eve, December 31st, and the store was absolute mayhem. I would say the average age of customers was somewhere around like maybe 114 years old, so it was just chaos with the carts. People talking on speakerphones with their great, 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 great grandkids. People yelling at store workers, complaining, you name it. It was just total mayhem. Uh, and I found myself buying groceries and picking up lots of resentments for free. They were giving them out for free that day. And it took me a while to get through the store and to pay. And by the time I got out of the store, I was quite aggravated. But as I went out the front door of the store, I got a nice blast of winter air, um, and I took a deep breath, and I spent a second just feeling grateful for being sober this time of year, and emotionally sober enough to not uh, ram my cart into anybody and yell at them, just I was going to leave. And so I know most people probably consider Christmas and Thanksgiving to be the toughest holidays to get through without drugs and alcohol. But for me, it's always been New Year's at the top of the list because it's such a conflicting set of emotions that I try to work through. Like I, like the sad part of it is I cannot tell you how many times during my active addiction days that I look toward the calendar flipping to a new year as my big chance to stop drinking and drugging. Like this was like the end of one chapter and the start of something new. And I kept thinking the same thing that I guess millions of Americans think about January 1st, which is a new year, a new me. Except except January 1st was always just an it's just another day. You know, I it, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Uh, you know, the calendar changing one day isn't enough to really cause that much uh, urge to actually make hard change, you know, and I never had any kind of game plan to really try to get sober. I just had a magic wish that I wanted a non-existent genie to grant me, you know, so I felt felt grateful and I that I eventually asked for help. You know, I was standing in that grocery store parking lot thinking about it, like, I'm so glad I did that, you know, and I'm so glad I don't have to spend December 31st in agony alone. Fingers crossed that I could make it, you know, to the following midnight without drinking. You know, at the time, I couldn't make it eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours maybe without drinking and drugging. I had to do it. And I also had a moment outside the grocery store where I thought about how many other people are doing that right now, this very moment. They're sitting at home, they're drinking hard tonight, telling themselves like this is the absolute final time that it's ever going to happen, and then probably not being able to stay sober just because the calendar flips to a new year. You know, it's still me sitting there, right? And I felt... So much pain and shame and hopelessness. That's the big thing, hopeless. Just no hope on those nights. And so I said a quick prayer under my breath in that grocery store parking lot, and I started loading my stuff into my car. And I closed the trunk of my car, and I took my cart over to the cart return just as a car was pulling in. And I noticed that in that car was another recovering alcoholic uh, that I've known for a long time. We shook hands. We talked for a couple of minutes. I've known him just as an acquaintance, like a distant acquaintance, for probably a 10 years, decade, something like that, 12 years. But we never we never exchanged phone numbers. 
never hung out with him outside. I knew his first name and that's about it. Um, but I hadn't seen him in a few months because he's a morning meeting person meetings. And, you know, he was very nice to me and he said, you know, something along the lines of it's great, you know, great to see. You. I wish you were at more meetings that I'm at because I've always enjoyed hearing you, hearing you share. I always get something out of your message. And I said, thank you. And I instantly, instantly felt a little better about the whole grocery store trip. You know, it's amazing what running into another sober person can do to bring you back to the present moment. And you realize, oh, everything's okay. I'm fine. And at the end of the conversation, we shook hands and turned around to leave. And um, he stopped for a second, you know, and he, he looked at me and he said, um, what's your name again? Is it, is it Ben? And <laughs> no, uh, I had to laugh because he, you know, he just kind of, the contrast of him saying that I, you know, something that I took as a profound compliment about having an impact on his life. And it turns out he had no idea what my name was. <laughs> but then again, then again, recovery is not about the exact details being the same amongst us. It's that that we, the exact nature of our disease and our sobriety is usually pretty similar. And I'm not I'm not sure I need to know somebody's name in order to stay sober and live a beautiful life. You know, I reminded him of what my actual name was, but I left by saying, hey, man, you can call me whatever you want. Um, and we both had a good laugh as we went our separate ways. So the new year got off to a roaring start. <laughs> Thanks for letting me.